Let's listen in on October 17th, 2024. Logan Alex CPA. We just had him and <laughs> lost his, his page. It moves real fast. I have to put it back in this browser. Supposed to be a privacy secure browser that uh, I just now downloaded from the Play Store. It's called DuckDuckGo Privacy Browser. And maybe it's so privacy, maybe it's so private, I thought I had downloaded it once. And I didn't even see it. I had to go back and get it again. It must have been a different device. Okay, here we go. October 12, 13. Logan Alec, the CPA. He will go fast, but he will give you what he knows about the stimulus. Uh-oh, what happened to this? To the most recent date. Oh, no. Oh. Well, we'll go on back on YouTube and try Logan Alec JP a October 17, 20. He is so thorough that usually if you just type his name in, then Logan Alex, then it will, and what you're looking for, then it will just automatically, um, automatically bring up what you're looking for, but, well, we'll try this a different way, jump out and then jump back in to YouTube, and type him in, Logan, L-O-G-A-N, a-L-L-E-C Simulus Here he is for the 17th October 17th Stimulus Update 5 minutes And 59 Seconds So he will go real fast But he'll give you A really good Thorough update on what happened in the most recent negotiations. I'm a CPA, and this is my stimulus update for Saturday, October 17th. First of all, thank you to those of you who answered my question yesterday about microphone quality. It seems that most people think that the new microphone is the way to go. Of course, ironically, I'm using the old microphone this morning because <laughs> I actually had somewhere to be, so I'm not in my home studio. But for home studio use, 
I think I will stick with the new microphone. So thanks to those of you who answered my question yesterday and responded with your opinion. I really appreciate it. Now, in terms of Mnuchin and Pelosi talks, the flavor of the week this week was the language surrounding a national strategic COVID-19 testing strategy. Pelosi was on MSNBC yesterday implying that she's concerned that the Republican language about this will basically create various slush funds rather than providing a prescription for what we need to stop the spread of COVID-19. Mnuchin is traveling to the Middle East today as part of a delegation to discuss economic cooperation between Israel, Bahrain, and United Arab Emirates, and will return on Tuesday. So at first blush, it's like, oh crap, what about stimulus? Mnuchin's in the Middle East. But remember, he and Pelosi haven't really been meeting in person anyway. They've been having phone calls. And reportedly, Mnuchin and Pelosi will again today, over the phone, continue the conversation surrounding stimulus. I assume this means that Pelosi has received Mnuchin's language surrounding COVID-19 testing, and they will discuss that. But on the other hand, clearly, there are other pressing matters on Mnuchin's plate right now with the election a mere 17 days away. Larry Kudlow was on Stuart Varney yesterday, being once again irrelevant as usual. Just listen to this. But let me press you again. What growth rate do you expect in the fourth quarter? Well, I think preliminarily, looking at these early numbers for October, uh, retail sales was for September, I get that. But other trends, I mean, he, here's a, one of my favorite indicators that used to be obscure, but it's not anymore. New business applications are soaring at record pace. There was a story in the Wall Street Journal about it, and I saw something else today. Uh, one of the uh, smart Wall Street people are talking about it. And it's an odd thing because uh, the, 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 the talk is that a lot of folks who became unemployed, all right, most regrettably, but they're sticking with it and they're going out and starting new businesses. They're going to be small businesses. But that's the great part of American capitalism. Gales of creative destruction. I just love that new business startup story. What a creative spin on record unemployment. I mean, really. Really. What was that phrase to use? The gales of creative destruction? I mean, how out of touch can this man be? We know he hates stimulus. And he sees in the wake of record unemployment the gales of creative destruction. I get it. Maybe that's true for a few people if you started a business during this pandemic because you got laid off. Bravo. But the truth is, in order to start a business, you need to be in a position to fund that business, whatever that means, whether that's a few hundred bucks for equipment or additional insurance or thousands of dollars for whatever you need. And not only do you need to, you need to have the money to fund the business, but you also have to be in a position where if the business doesn't work out, you'll be okay with that loss. You have to be able to take that risk. But for many people right now who lost their jobs, they're not in such a position. They can't even make their rents. Those are kids are still at home, and the cost of childcare would outweigh the economics of trying to start a business. This is just Kudlow, once again, being completely irrelevant to the vast majority of the millions of unemployed Americans right now. Kudlow also said that with just over two weeks before the election, he thinks it will be difficult to actually get a big stimulus bill done before the election. He did bring up the unused $300 billion in CARES Act money and said that he would like to see that be used for unemployment, PPP for small business, and airline relief. Now, using that money is something I could get on board with. The concerning thing to me is that this money is something that Trump said on September 4th that he wanted to use for stimulus checks. Kudlow didn't mention stimulus checks here. Kudlow did echo the president's claim that the White House eagerly wants a stimulus deal and that if Nancy Pelosi wanted a deal, that they could round up enough Senate Republicans to get on board 
behind that deal. Now, if you've been watching the channel, you know what Mitch McConnell has said in recent days on his opinion on what his numbers will go for in terms of another stimulus, and it's a lot smaller than $1.8 or $2 trillion. Speaking of the Senate, Judge Amy Coney Barrett's hearings before the Senate Judiciary Committee wrapped up this week, and they were an absolute snooze fest. I mean, heck, even Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein hugged Republican Senator Lindsey Graham, who's the chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, after the hearings concluded, and Feinstein thanked Graham, saying that these were some of the best hearings she has participated in, and Feinstein has been in the Senate since 1992, so that's, that's kind of saying something. But my point is, these hearings, they didn't rally up the base, right? They're pretty plain vanilla. So if McConnell was hoping for these hearings to really get out the Republican vote, he might have another thing coming, so maybe that's why he's putting forth this skinny bill next week, and even appearing by a statement recently to put it out ahead in priority before the Judge Barrett vote. Not that a $500 billion bill will do anything other than being a talking point for Republicans about two weeks before the election. All right, everybody, that is my stimulus update for today. Thank you so much for watching, and I will see you in the next video. Bye-bye. Yeah, he's uh, he's very good. He did uh, another one yesterday, and he went really deep. He did a deep dive. Let's see if we can find his his one for the sixteenth. Hmm. That was the 17th. Here's the 16th. He had a lot more information. Update for Friday, October 16th. First of all, personal favor, I'm curious to know what you think of this new microphone in terms of audio quality. In some of my recent videos, including this one, obviously, I'm using this microphone right here. In previous videos, I used a microphone that I clipped onto my shirt. I just want to know if you have noticed any difference in quality for better or for worse since I started using this microphone. If you could let me know in the comments your thoughts on that, I would really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, so Stephen Mnuchin and Nancy Pelosi spoke yesterday for nearly an hour and a half with Mnuchin stating, as he said he would, that he would accept Democrats' language for National Strategic COVID-19 testing plan with minor edits and that Mnuchin would deliver the Republicans' proposed language on the issue today. So we'll have to see what transpires there. Now, if you saw the Trump town hall yesterday, then you saw this question. People do not love the back and forth of Washington, but this has been a roller coaster. Back in early October, you one day tweeted, no more negotiations until election, until after election day. I'm walking away. Then I think the next couple of days you said, maybe we can do something targeted. Then you said, I want a big, big bill. But then Senate Republicans said, no, we're not for that. So you are the big deal maker. How come this is so, you yourself have changed positions? Did you ever hear of a word? called negotiation. We're negotiating, okay? But people are negotiating. People's lives are hanging you in the balance. What? And you know who I'm negotiating against? Nancy Pelosi, because she doesn't want to give the money. We should have stimulus. This was not our people's fault. This was China's fault. And she's penalizing our people. I'm ready to sign a big, beautiful
beautiful stimulus. You saw the other day, I said, go big or go home, right? That's what I'm I want it about. to be big. I want it to be bold. I want the money go to directly Are to Senate the Republicans people. with you? They're going to go big? They'll go. Big yeah, old number? They're going to be Okay, because so far they have not I said know, they because would. because I haven't asked them to because I can't get through Nancy Pelosi. Okay. Oh. But Nancy Pelosi and I, through my representatives or directly, I don't care, if we agree to something, the Republicans will agree to it. Okay. So Trump said he's ready to sign a big, beautiful stimulus and that Senate Republicans are ready to go and that the only thing standing in their way is Nancy Pelosi. In my opinion, Trump is a little bit overconfident here. Mitch, like we said yesterday, said that next week he's going to put forth what he thinks is appropriate and what he thinks is appropriate appears to be another skinny bill to the tune of $500 billion. We have a New York Times reporter stating yesterday that Mitch McConnell, when asked if the bill he's going to put forth next week is similar to what Trump wants, that Mitch said with a chuckle that Trump is talking about a much larger amount than he, McConnell, can sell to his members, the Republican senators. McConnell literally laughed off Trump's desire. He's repeatedly said that Senate Republicans think that small and targeted is the way to go. Can Trump work him? Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe McConnell has quietly thrown in the towel on the president. But on the other hand, remember, optically it would not look good for the White House and for Pelosi to reach a deal that passes the House and that Trump is ready to sign, but the Republicans block it in the Senate. That would not be a good look, especially before the election, if a deal can even be reached before the election that makes its way to the Senate. That seems like a long shot at this point. Just too much to do in too little time. We have to consider all options here. So obviously Trump has to blame Pelosi here, but obviously Mitch McConnell is something of a quiet obstacle here as well with stimulus. On Pelosi's call from Newsom yesterday, she did point out that Mitch McConnell doesn't seem willing to go big on stimulus right now. And according to Pelosi's spokesperson, Mnuchin said that Trump will work on him, so we'll see how that goes. But, of course, that's further down the line. The White House and Democrats still have to work a deal out that they both agree on. And that process has been painful. Pelosi put out yet another Dear Colleague letter yesterday saying, House Democrats know firsthand how necessary it is to come to agreement. To our constituents, we promise help is on the way. It will be safer, bigger, and better, and it will be retroactive. We must come to an agreement as soon as possible, but not before we are truly helping the people without accommodating Republicans surrender to the virus. Like I said, Mnuchin and Pelosi are continuing to talk with their productive talks. Candy Raymer pointed out yesterday in the comments section that their calls were always productive, but yet never produced results. Ironic. <laughs> I agree and kind of feel that once you become a politician, your definition of productive changes. Like for me, I feel productive if I get up work early, you know, work all day, make time for family, and not waste any time. But somehow these DC politicians are productive while wasting all of our time. All right, everybody, that is my stimulus update for today. Thank you so much for watching, and I'll see you in the next video. Bye-bye. Yeah, that was a good one. He told us a lot of information, and he wrapped it up real quick. That was only, I don't know, four or five minutes. I'll check one other one that's just as thorough. She's a an attorney, um, Erica Erica Kahlberg. To go way back right now. Put in E R I K A. K-U-L-L-B-E-R-G Second Stimulus There If it's, if 
she doesn't have anything recent. She doesn't post anything just for clickbait. Um, that looked like one month ago. Wait, let me just retype. Erica E R I K A Kohlberg Kohlberg Stimulus Two Weeks Two Weeks That's it Nothing Hmm. One week. Let's see what the one week says. Stimulus negotiations are back on. Quote, well, I shut down talks two days ago because they weren't working out. Now they are starting to work out. We're starting to have some very productive talks, Trump said in an interview on Fox Business Network, to stay updated, sign up. Nah, that's not hers. Wait, she's going to have something more recent because if, um, if Alec Logan can repeat, can report every day, She's got to have something. Mm. Just try anything and look for something more, more recent. Uh Uh-oh. What happened there? Hi, Erica. Have a great day. And so in this video, I'll explain to you why. I'm Erica Kloberg. I'm a lawyer. And on this channel, I cover personal finance and am also keeping you updated on everything related to stimulus checks and stimulus packages. Diving right in, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, who is heading negotiations on behalf of the Democrats, okay, together is, with Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, said she September is hopeful 30th. that they could get a stimulus package done this week with the White House. This is after almost two months of no real progress in negotiations, so this is definitely a positive sign. She's been talking with Treasury Secretary... We don't need to go back that far. That's more than 17 days. We don't need to go back that far. If she hasn't posted anything, then we just won't have it from her... We can try other people. Let's type in here. Stimulus. Stimulus update. Stimulus. Today. We're going to find plenty of... um, 
misleading information. They'll tell you they'll tell you good, very good news and they'll tell you give you these numbers that they just invent information that they just invent and try to get you to sign up for something. Um, just in finally unexpected seven hours ago. Yeah, but they don't have in the way they word it, it makes you think they have something to tell you when they really don't. They have uh, something they want to sell. Let's see, Trump steps in, stimulus check update. No, that's I'm trying to find the person's name. These are just clickbait ads really there they have nothing good to say just make things up mm. Mm -mm -mm. we already know they're using us as a pawn to try to get us to vote one way or the other, and they're trying to use this stimulus bill to um, to do that. We already knew that months and months ago. That's what they would do. So, I mean, this is nothing new. They always underestimate the the people and think we don't know what is going on and we're so far ahead of them. Mm -mm -mm. Some of these people, they have wild imaginations here. They just say any and everything. And they show you all sorts of pictures of checks and they have nothing to say. Nothing at all. Mm -mm -mm. Mm. They'll put the big splashy headlines up here on YouTube to mislead you for for clickbait, and then they'll go on for some time, sometimes 15 minutes more, and at the at the very end you discover they had no news whatsoever. They just spin and spin stories that they sort of uh, paste and cut together from different places. 
Wow. Mm-mm-mm. Or they'll tell you a little something that makes it sound like there's been a new development when it hasn't. Mm. Well, nah, uh, uh. the people that have good information, I don't see any of them up here. you know, 
I, I was I was trying my best to to keep cool during the situation, and you know remain steadfast on what I was doing, which was to be you know at downtown Miami delivering food and and tents to homeless individuals that live downtown. Um, and so I, I pretty much went ahead and continued to do what I was going to do because I didn't know where this, this, you know, this encounter was going. And then he just decided to put cuffs on me, basically. Um, once he put cuffs on me, I called for my wife. She came out and pretty much de-escalated the situation. Um, but even before she came, he was like inches from my face, basically um, yelling uh, that I should call him sergeant, I should call him sir. Um, and with no mask on, he had no gloves on, I could feel the saliva um, on my lips. It, it was just a, a crazy encounter. I mean, this is such a horrific situation. Thank you so much to uh, uh, Professor Henry Lewis Gates of Harvard, who was on his front porch when uh, the police came uh, and uh, challenged him and arrested him, came into his house. So you're wearing a mask. Um, he, the police officer is not wearing a mask or gloves. And he then handcuffs you. What ultimately right. led him to release you? So, I mean, I, I pretty much, while he was in my face, I pretty much kept quiet, and I was just waiting for my wife to come, basically. Uh, once she came outside, she basically, you know, asked why, you know, I was in handcuffs, and she, she said that we live here, and he said, well, I'm going to need to see some ID. Uh, go get it for me. And so she went in the house, got her ID, showed him that we actually lived here, and at that point, pretty much just let me go. All right, this is astounding. Are you satisfied with the police department's response? And then, Dr. Henderson, if you can talk about, I mean, this is why the Miami Herald has profiled you before. I mean, a number of people have done pieces on you. You have been working with the homeless, um, giving all kinds of mutual aid, and also have been testing them uh, for COVID-19, if you can talk about your work and then what you want of the Miami Police Department. Well, I mean, uh, firstly, I, I want the I want the officer held accountable. You know, uh, it's it's no way that you know you racially profile me and then and then you arrest me, you detain me, and then during a pandemic where you have no mask on, where hundreds of police officers throughout Miami-Dade County have tested positive, and you're up in my face, you know, spitting on my lips when we're supposed to be practicing social distancing. You know, he just broke a number of protocols. Um, and, and violated my rights. Um, so firstly, I want him held accountable, and I want, I want an apology uh, as well. Um, but outside of that, I think the bigger picture um, is that I was going to serve homeless individuals throughout Miami-Dade County um, that basically, you know, the city has said, and cities across the, the United States have said the same thing, where we have to shelter in place, we have to socially, socially distance. And for, for someone who doesn't have a house, for someone who lives unsheltered, um, it's very um, impossible to do those things. And in a pandemic, uh, you know, these are the most vulnerable individuals. These are the individuals who we're supposed to be paying the most attention to um, because, you know, th these are the individuals that sleep on buses, uh, on, on bus stops, um, on benches. Uh, and they, you know, because of that, when you're talking about uh, public health um, response to a, to a pandemic, you have to focus on those individuals who are using the public spaces. And can most. you talk about um, you testing them and the response yeah. of unhoused people to you testing them? Right. So, you know, it's been hard to get testing, um, you know, if, if you're not a basketball player, if you're not a rich person. Um, and so literally uh, we we just been going out and 
first of all, we did a survey of individuals to see what, what their symptoms are, and we identified people who needed to be tested. Um, but then, you know, because we are, the, we are the epicenter of the epidemic, and this is the most vulnerable population, I just figured that we should be testing people at random as well to sample population sizes to see how far, you know, this virus has, has spread already. Um, and, and honestly, though, this is supposed to be the city and the county's job in doing this, um, in providing uh, necessities um, and testing individuals that are in this vulnerable population. And I think it just speaks to, to the fact that, um, that I even have to do this. You know, it shouldn't be my job to volunteer out there uh, to make sure that homeless individuals um, are, are, are cared for, you know, especially in, in a pandemic. Um, so at the surface, it feels like a, a feel-good story, but it's really not. Well, Dr. Armin Henderson, I want to ask if you can stay with us for a few more minutes. We're going to continue our conversation about your work with the unhoused um, and the, your detention. Dr. Armin Henderson, internal medicine physician, assistant professor of medicine at the University of Miami, handcuffed by the New York police, by the Miami police. I'm Amy Goodman. We'll put part two at democracynow.org. Yeah, that was a good story. That was uh, several months ago, and she did follow up. That was Amy Goodman, Democracy Now, interviewing a uh, Miami, a Miami uh, Dr. Henderson. And she did a follow-up interview and the what I recall was that <laughs> the doctor eventually got an attorney and they did a background check on this sergeant that uh, that cuffed him and was all in his face and um, broke all sorts of health and pan pandemic protocols. Um, and it was, it wasn't looking good for that sergeant. The doctor was still adamant that he wanted an apology. And well, of course, if he has an attorney, you know they're going to get paid too. So, but now here's another one. It's an old three-year-old video that CBS did. The when the police pulled over the Florida State Attorney General. And, uh, of course, she's a, fem a young female African-American. And they had no reason to pull her over, but other than racial profiling. And to their surprise, they didn't know they pulled over their own State Attorney General. Let's, let's listen to this one. But there's a few states, Maryland, I think, um, Baltimore, Maryland has a African American uh, mayor, and uh, either attorney general. They have uh, several female African-American in those top cop jobs. 
and all of the Marilyn Mosby and Kim Gardner in Chicago and quite a few other ones across the state, attorney generals, and they sometimes have other different titles, but it's basically the same job, the top cop, and most of them have have or are still going through racial profiling and harassment and all sorts of nonsense, um, trying to get them out of their jobs. This is an oldie, three-year-old video, but I'd like to have it here on the, on the episode. Aramis Ayala. Elected in Florida history. This body camera footage posted by the Orlando Police Department is making the rounds on social media. This happened in June. Take a look. Wait, you didn't see you. I'm the second time. Second time. All right. Thank you. You tagged and come back. Never seen that before. Um, I'm sorry? Yeah. We're good now. Tag. It, I've never seen it before. A Florida tag. It's never come back to anything before. <clears throat> so that's the reason for the stop. What was the tag run for? I'm sorry. What was the tag run for? Oh, we run tags all the time. Whether it's the traffic lights and, and that sort of stuff. That's how we figure out if you know cars are stolen and that sort of thing. Also, the, the windows are really dark. I don't have a tent measure, but that's another reason for the stop. Can I just have a close yeah, one second. Actually, this isn't my car, but I can write my name down if you'd like. Aramis Ayala, she's the first African American in the state of Florida to become the, the state day. attorney. The Florida prosecutor is currently in a dispute with Florida Governor Rick Scott over his decision to remove her from 24 murder cases after she announced she would not seek the death penalty for a suspect accused of killing a police officer. Oh, yeah. They call her a state prosecutor which is the same as the state attorney and the um, Florida governor is one of uh, one of the shall we say um, problems creating problems for her and people that are uh, no, just say it. People that are black or brown or other colors. And he's giving her all kind of bad uh, news because she refused to prosecute the way he wants the job done. He just uh, can't live with someone doing an honest day's work. But um, I think these uh, black women prosecutors were ahead of all of these recent calls for police reform and 
restorative justice. They have been calling for that for years. And they they have been uh, catching holy you-know-what on their job because of that. And they refuse to just lock people up, throw away the key for little or no reason or hardly no evidence. So they're catching it. They're really catching it. Alrighty, thank you for listening.